Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. And if you feel like you've been transported outside, then that's because that's exactly what's happened. Um, I made the decision, really, um, to record this week's episode uh, outside for no other reason than I can. Um, so I'm sat in the garden, um, which has been something I've done a couple of times this week, um, for the first time this year, um, down in the normal spot in the corner of the garden. Uh, and I thought, why not? why not record the episode? Um, out here um, and and feel a little bit like we're we're entering into spring bearing in mind we, we we're only a day or so away from doing that very thing so um, let's kick off and and we'll kick off in our normal fashion with a little bit of that jangly guitar <laughs> This one could go off in a number of different directions and I'm not quite sure where we're going to end up but I know where we're going to start and let's see let's see how we go from there. Um, the policing bill is going through, uh, it's got its second reading in the House of Commons uh, today or over the next couple of days and um, you've started to hear a lot about this bill in light of what happened on uh, over the weekend with the uh, the policing of the uh, vigil for Sir Everard. But the fact of the matter is we should have been hearing more about this bill anyway. Um, because this bill really, in one fell swoop, attacks the right to protest. And it does it in a relatively subtle way. Um, it basically talks to protest causing disruption, um, ostensibly via noise or just by the fact that they would interfere with uh, a company or a person's ability to go about their day-to-day uh, -day business. And on the, on, the, on the basis of that, that would allow the police uh, effectively free reign to, to, you know, to wade in and to stop any form of, of protest. So. I mean, first and foremost, you're not going to get a protest that doesn't involve noise. I mean, it, it, it's you know, it's it's kind of self-defeating to think that you could get a protest that didn't involve noise. But even if you could have a protest that didn't involve noise, the fact that it might close a road or the fact that it might interfere in some way, shape, or form, or make an, an individual feel uncomfortable. Uh, and that could be just down to the very fact that they don't like what was being protested about, then that would give the police all they needed to be able to effectively to curtail and to stop that protest. Now, we have to look at it and go, right, okay, where's this come from? And a large part of this has come from, um, you know, what happened with the Extinction, Extinction Rebellion um, protests. But the point with all these things is, particularly when they're put into law, and particularly when they're put into law in such a draconian fashion, is is what comes out the other end is a is a huge curtailment of um, you know of our rights to actually stand up and say when there's something we disagree with, uh, and of course that's that's very relevant when you've got you know a right wing a right wing government and a and a regime that's quite as authoritarian as as the current one is. The last time we went through anything like this was probably in the mid, sort of the mid 80s with with Thatcher, except we're in we're in a different space now. Um, there's a lot here that's that's scary. There's a lot here to dislike, but there's also the the thing that seems to be occurring a lot at the moment, which is just the the paradox of all these things. Um, 
it's not many weeks ago we were talking about champions of free speech. We were talking about sending people into university uh, uh, campuses to effectively ensure that people weren't cancelled out. That, that actually, you know, that universities didn't actually curtail the right of, of, of speech um, to people with whom they had, you know, r relatively extreme disagreements with their viewpoints. So in one breath, we've got a government that is championing free speech in, in that respect and, and some quite abhorrent views with re regard to that. And you, you haven't got to look much further than the likes of, you know, of, of Katie Hopkins or, or people in that kind of brigade to see the kind of views that we're talking about. Um, so you've got, you've got a government that wants to ensure and enshrine those kind of, um, you know, freedoms are preserved, whilst at the same time effectively saying that we don't want you to protest. And that's the bit that I can't quite square. One's either of one's freedom. Well, they're either both freedom of speech or, or, or neither of them are. So, 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 which which is it? I think the other thing that makes this again all the more ironic is is the scenes that we saw over the weekend. Um, I, I mean, the policing of an event that wasn't a protest; it was a vigil, but that just the complete tone deaf nature of, of, of what happened on Saturday, you know, a complete misreading uh, of a situation. And then what is, was an, was an awful, um, you know, decision and an awful piece of policing for something that, for where there was no signs of civil disobedience or where there were no signs that, that this would develop into something other than than what it was intended to be so if they're already doing that if that's how the police are already interpreting their you know their remit then then the bill that's gone through this this week or is going through this week is 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 going to make that a whole a whole lot worse and of course the then start to say well where does where does this end because everything it, you know everything again is about weaponization and um, and I'm I'm really really trying to get my head round, you know, where we are with with things like this and what the end game is because um, you've got a situation where um, yeah the, I can see who this plays to I can see which part of the of, of the, the the kind of uh, the, the 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 Tory old guard this absolutely plays to. Um, and, I, and I can see how those twitching curtains in certain parts of, of Little England will feel safer with this kind of thing going, you know, going on. Um, yet in reality, I don't see what it does for us globally. Um, you know, this flies in the face of what's going on in the US. It flies in the face of the, you know, the opinions of, you know, of, of Biden and Harris and where they would sit on issues like this. So I don't see what you gain long term by by doing this, other than throwing a little bit of red meat to, you know, to your, your base. Um, but we should be concerned about it. Um, it, is, it is something that's, that, that, that really is a, you know, a very draconian um, bill, and it's a really, really, really blunt instrument, and it contains other things that are, are really scary as well. It hands more power to, it hands more power to a Home Secretary that, that, that doesn't need any encouragement anyway. So um, you know, I'm 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 perplexed by the double standards, but then I guess I'm used to that um, 
at the moment i mean particularly as very shortly we're going to end up getting the ridiculous sight of a of a you know of a tory government when we get to scottish independence they're going to stand behind a better together uh, logo whilst the you know the SNP sit behind a take back control moniker which is going to be a complete reversal of the Brexit argument and yet they're going to be fine with that so but we'll leave that one to one side but no the the this is something we should be getting ourselves concerned about Tuesday the Sheffield United saga um, seems to have gone a little quiet in one respect um we um, obviously the the things uh, with regards to Chris Wilder played out last weekend, and he's no longer at the football club, which is a, which is a ridiculous decision. And I think pretty much looking at the fact that every pundit who who has weighed in to a man, um, and I use that term in a gender neutral sense, um, have said um, that it's a ridiculous idea. That that actually faced with uh, relegation the guy you'd want to bring you back up the guy who uh, epitomizes the club and probably has the ability to take a group of um, average championship players which in reality is what our squad is back into the Premier League would be Chris Wilder but anyway what we end up with is a situation where we get back to uh, what happens when pragmatism falls down and we have a problem with power and that's ex- that's exactly what's going on at uh, you know, at my football club. It, this is this is about the person who owns the football club and the executive of the football club saying we know what best what's best and we're going to make the shots. We're going to call the shots. We're going to make the decisions. Even if, even if those decisions are wrong, we have to be seen to taking a different line because in reality the manager was becoming too big for the football club. Yet at no point was that something that the manager was necessarily trying to achieve. So this is this is that whole thing uh, about uh, ensuring that uh, you keep control. This is this is take back control of a football club. Except the, the 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 problem here is that you know, and you all know my views on Brexit. But as in with that particular situation, it's it's an it's an act of lunacy. It's an act of self harm, and this is absolutely an act of self harm. But it ultimately comes down to nothing other than uh, power. Um, and of course, obviously, at the same time, it's got a lot to do with money. Now, um, what we've seen this week, uh, you know, I mean, well, first and foremost, we've seen the the, the team. What happens when, um, you know, there was no bounce back. There was no, there wasn't that moment. This wasn't one of those situations where a manager's lost the dressing room, and you thought that by changing it, you might that group of players might galvanise and actually start to. Um, overachieve again. No, I mean the team got beaten 5-0 by Leicester on Sunday and it could have been 9. And the fact of the matter is that they've never lost by that scoreline in the last five years or looked like losing by that scoreline in the past five years. One of the things about this season for us in the Premier League has been that we've lost games by the odd goal. We've been in games till the end. Um, Okay, too many of them have gone down 1-0 but the fact is we were absolutely turned over on Sunday and it was so obvious at that point that the gulf in class um, between the team we were playing and the group of players that were out on the pitch. Sheffield United were always greater than some of the parts and not a little bit greater than some of the parts. You know, miles away greater than some of the parts. Uh, and that came down to one man and, you know, and to a certain extent, well, it came down to two, it was Chris Wilder and Alan Neil. But the fact of the matter is it needed the force of per- the personality of Chris Wilder. He was a force of nature. He picked a football club up and he dragged it in a direction, a kicker and screaming and said, we're going to get there. 
uh, and by sheer force of will he managed it. Uh, and yet we now back on to other things with people who think they have a clue what they're doing and think they understand uh, the football club, but in reality they they don't. So uh, you know we've 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 had lots of drip drip of stories coming out through the week uh, that are supposed to make the fans feel at ease, but in reality they it's just hollow, just absolutely hollow. I fear for what comes next. I, I think you know you could be looking at a football club back in League One in in, in just over a year. Uh, I hope not, but I've got a I've got a suspicion it will be. But one thing has happened is a link that was there that is something that is really difficult to put together when you're a football club, uh, uh, an inextricable link um, that is that is built on something that you you can't buy um, has has been broken, and 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 these links don't come along very often, and this one's this one's sadly gone. <laughs> To quote the song, there's um, there's something in the air, um, and by that I mean we are definitely getting close to spring, um, because the air's changed. The air, the edge to the air that was there isn't there anymore. It's there's a warmth to the air. Um, it's almost as if winter is a block of cold air a block of inhospitable air that sits over the country and then at some point one on one day it just clears off um, and it feels like it's cleared off because everything has you know everything has changed this week uh, and I know I mentioned that I'd cut the lawns before the end of February and that was a that was a thing and that was more a target for myself really rather than a uh, a reflection of the weather even though the, you know the, the grass had obviously grown but the you know I've I've on three days this week I've sat outside in the garden and yes, obviously you can hear I currently am now with the sound of that dog barking in the background. And it's because something has changed. It doesn't mean it's not cold today. It's definitely the end of the week is cooler than the beginning of the week. Um, and, and through the week I've been sat here bathed in sunshine. It's been actually quite warm. But the point is there's a fundamental difference to the air. When you get up and go for a run in the morning, we get up and go for a walk, it just feels, it feels different. So uh, it's a... It's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice place to be. I think, um, I think it was being in the, it was being in the garden that made lockdown doable last time round, and I think that's the bit that's made lockdown three hard, um, because I found myself in the house thinking, right, well, it's it's working from home, and that's just what it is now, and there didn't feel to be an escape. But as soon as you can get out and sit outside and grab a grab a drink and a book and just, you know, let the world happen around you the world doesn't seem to happen around you in the house but when you sat outside the world just you you're conscious of the world spinning around you and i think that's a really i think that's really positive for the mental health so yes something in the air has changed uh and it points to uh, a fair few months of of being able to enjoy the world like I'm enjoying it today. Thursday. I'm going to do a collection of things for Thursday because I've got something specific to talk about um, uh, for Friday. So I'm going to pull together a few things that have just happened through the course of the week. Um, that um, they're just silly little things in a lot of instances. First, firstly, um, I've 
I'm booked in for a vaccine. I got uh, I got a text message uh, earlier in the week. Uh, even though technically I'm not old enough, um, and if I went online and it allowed me to book, and I'm booked in for next Thursday with my follow-on booked in for the mid part of June. So um, I've only got side effects to worry about in terms of it making me feel groggy because through the course of the week it was going to cause a blood clot, and by the end of the week it probably isn't. Even though technically speaking, none of the none of the data around it's actually changed but uh, I feel happier that it won't cause a blood clot because because somebody's come out and definitively said that it's safe so uh, if I end up with the with the AstraZeneca jab then I've all I've got to look forward to is the potential side effects which I guess he's feeling groggy for a day or so but um, but but that's that's in that's in the diary so that one's that one's um, that one's going well there was a I'm, I'm not a, a huge Top Gear fan though I'm quite a fan of the three um, presenters that are, are, are taking it on at the moment um, and I, I watched a little bit of the the first episode this week and and they did a section where uh, each one of them were presented with effectively their dad's car so they were presented with the car that they used to drive around in when they they grew up and uh, and there was a, a little bit in the middle where they were talking about those reminiscences which talks a little bit uh, you know, to the the kind of interesting relationships that sons often have with their fathers, and um, and it was really quite poignant. Uh, there was a moment where one of the presenters um, was talking about the fact that, and he, and his dad, he lost his dad quite a while ago, from what he said, but he still, in all of his cars now, or most of his cars now, he still has a tin of barley sugar in the glove box even though he doesn't particularly like barley sugar it's just something that was always there and something from his youth and something that he continues to do and when he was talking about it he got really quite emotional about it and it it, it reminded me of a little bit in uh, City Slickers um, where one of the characters is talking about the fact that he couldn't communicate with his father but they could talk about baseball um, and even you know, even when they couldn't talk about anything else, they could still talk about baseball. And it it reminded me a little bit of that, and and those kind of absurdities and nonsenses, um, but also that those things are very real. That be it, you know, be it sport or be it whatever it is, those are the things that often unlock those relationships. And in the case of the guy on Top Gear, it was it was barley sugar. Um, the <laughs> I'm 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 desperately desperately looking forward to um, when I can get back to see Rachel to have my hair cut because I've had my hair cut twice now in lockdown. Uh, Mrs S has done a very good job of, of of keeping some kind of control going, but she struggles with the fringe, so my fringe is causing me a real problem. Uh, it was too long the first time she did it, and it's and it's been a little bit hacked out the second time she's done it. So. Um, I'm 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 desperate to to get to Rachel for no other reason than so she can take care of my fringe because uh, my fringe is now I can't do anything with it. Uh, I, I've I've tried a number of approaches. I just cannot do anything with it this time, uh, and I don't know at what point. I don't know what is it. What is it about that makes a fringe so complicated? Uh, and there are some epic fringes around if you look. In fact, next time you're out anywhere with people, which is probably a supermarket, look at fringes because it's fringes that are, that are the real. They're, they're, the, they're the giveaway. They're the giveaway for the home haircuts. They're the giveaway for the people who don't want anything doing with the hair. It's the fringe that you need to look at. Um, so, yes, uh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with the fringe. 
Um, there's a moment I was chatting to Jason uh, Hunt, who's the guy who I do the 942 podcast with, and we were having a little message, uh, message exchange about uh, booking in a guest and booking in a, uh, a you know recording session. And he came to me and said, "What you? How are you like for next week?" Obviously, I know I can't do Tuesday night because that's when you go shopping. And I thought to myself, "Grief, how predictable have we got through lockdown?" that he knows my routine in terms of the supermarket shop. Um, which I thought, in one breath, I, I found re- d- disturbing and reassuring at the same time. I found it really reassuring that he would think about that and know about it and remember it, um, but disturbing that I'd become quite so um, predictable um, over the course of this this period. And then the last thing I really wanted to mention was Bloodlands. Um, if you've not watched Bloodlands, which has been this drama that's been going playing out on James Nesbitt and it's been playing out uh, on, a, on a Sunday night, the only reason why I wanted to mention it was because it's it's been the first piece of old-fashioned television I've watched for a while, and by that I mean where I've watched the episode, um, I've, I've waited through the week for the episode. There's not been the ability to binge. So many times when something comes on the television, you're given the ability to binge it on the iPlayer before it actually plays out in real time on the television, which of course makes a mockery of it, of, to a certain extent, of it playing out in real time. But in this instance, they didn't do that. You had to watch it in real time. And it's been really quite nice and refreshing, having a week, not only having a week between each episode, but actually looking forward to it coming actually you know making a note and thinking great i mean i've been watching it on a monday lunchtime so it's been kind of waiting and knowing it was coming round so it's actually been really kind of reassuring and therapeutic to to watch a tv uh, um, drama like that in in real time so uh, so yes so those are a few little odd bits drawn together and uh, that leaves me one thing left for the week which i'm going to talk about tomorrow <laughs> Friday. You may recall um, it's my birthday. It's my birthday tomorrow, um, and I will be fifty this time. Um, and I don't do birthdays. I'm a bit of a birthday denier. I've mentioned this in the past. I I, I don't get it. Um, you know, I'm I'm not somebody who's very good at being the centre of attention in that respect. I'm quite happy to be the centre of attention when I'm doing something and I'm I'm wearing that particular mask or I can get into that particular character. But I don't I don't like um, I don't like being the centre of attention uh, for something like this um, it, because it's not within my control. Um, so you know, and aside from the fact that, as I've always said you know why this day why not any other day in the year but anyway that's beside the point we're not going to re- we're not going to go over the bir- the birthday argument again um but anyway it's to- it's it's tomorrow but the one thing it's brought about and i think this is something that's maybe maybe subconsciously part of all of it as well um i still haven't answered the question that you get asked when you're at school the one that you starts being asked of you when you're in you know, when you're in junior school, probably, and then continues to be asked to a certain extent all the way through, um, which is, I, I, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, and I think part of the problem with birthdays is that I'm no closer to answering that question every single time, because every time a birthday comes round, it's a, it's a point where that question flashes back, and I still don't know what the answer is. I don't, I don't know what I want to be. 
Um, and I'm no, I'm no closer to knowing what I want to be. Uh, and all I, and all I'm reminded, I guess, every time this comes round, is that I've got, I've got a little less time to, to work out what the hell it's, how the hell it's going to play out. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm about to hit a new decade. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in good health. I've, I've nothing practically to, you know, to worry about. Um, um, I've, 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 you know, I've, I've got the myriad of neuroses and all the other bits and pieces, but I've practically got, got nothing to actually really worry about, uh, which of course nine times out of ten is the problem, but, but I'm no closer to working out what what I want to be in the future uh and uh <laughs> and and the even even a landmark birthday has done nothing to help me uh, you know to help me try and try and fathom that one um which means at this point I also must say huge thanks I must say huge thanks because there's been a flurry of little things that appeared at the door little little parcels that have appeared at the door uh, from people who um, listen to this podcast uh, who, are, who very very kindly support the podcast and listen to the podcast and have decided that they um, they wanted to mark the day somehow and, and, and I have no idea what's in these little parcels um, hopefully it's suggestions about uh, future life choices um, but thank you very much um, to those of you um, that have uh, that have done that. Uh, you really didn't have to, but I really really appreciate it. Um, and also thanks to all of those people who, in following TFM and supporting TFM, are starting to um, keep a really great debate going uh, around the around the episodes. Um, I, when when these episodes are released uh, on the Patreon platform. Um, there's there's the ability to comment, and those comments aren't end up being quite you know uh, full on debates. Uh, and in a lot of, a lot of instances, um, my obvious errors are corrected, and a lot of other in- instances, alternative viewpoints and nuances on 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 things um, you know are suggested, and they 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 make me stop and think, uh, which is exactly what this is supposed to do. This is a this is a this is a debate. This is not an utterance from me because I know best. This is my reading of anything at a point in time, and and I'm I'm always looking to be better informed than I am. Um, so um, if you even if you don't want to, even if you don't feel, well, not fair, it's not about supporting the the podcast, is what I'm saying. But you can still you know download the Patreon app and you can still listen to the podcast through the Patreon app rather than your normal route, and you can get involved in those comments, or you can listen to it in your normal route and still get involved in those comments. And if you want to get involved in that 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 conversation, then I would encourage you to do so because there's some truly wonderful, lovely, you know, very you know, very genuine, special people who are who are taking part in that in, in you know in that debate, and and I'm better informed for it, and it's making me think about think about things in a different way. So, so thank you all who are who are pitching in, particularly Norman, who's gone absolutely bonkers for it this week, and and and. Uh, and, and, and properly weighed in with some really really interesting uh, insights and thoughts. So anyway, I sh- next time I see you, I shall be I shall be in a different decade. Um, um, and let's see if that uh, affects my viewpoint. And I'll keep coming back to whether I've worked out what the hell I'm going to be when I grow up uh, at a later point in time. <laughs> Thank you.
enjoyed therapy for me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.